1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back for a brand new episode of Ladies Night. You got like one of the best of the best, probably one of the busiest people in this industry, Joey <laughs> Kang. Congratulations on the in-between and like the millions of other things you've accomplished very recently and throughout your career.
0: Thank you, Perry. It's been a very, um, very busy and fortunate time for sure for me. You're making the most of
1: that time and I enjoy it. All right, so you have not been warned. The first thing we do on ladies' night is the dice tower behind me. I've got eight random questions here. You get three rolls on the tower, and that is where we start. Okay. All right, first roll up. Starting with a number seven. Seven is movie and TV skills. If you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you pick and why?
0: That's a really good question. If I could learn about a different profession through a role. I always find it really interesting um, when people have to take on like extreme sports when they're doing roles. I skied for the very first time this past weekend and I'm obsessed. So if I got to play someone who was a great skier, that would give me an excuse to spend more time in skis. And so I think I would want to do that.
1: (laughs) I like that. I'm accident prone, so I'm afraid to try skiing.
0: (laughs) I'm accident prone too. So I feel like it's not necessarily the greatest wish for me, but it sounds really fun.
1: I'll probably try it eventually. All right, roll number two. Okay. Going with a number one this time, which is, I'm glad you're enjoying. High-low, can you give us one audition high and one audition low, and then maybe what you learned from that low?
0: I've had a lot of both. Um, An audition high, I would say... Um, you know what? I'm going to go with my audition for, uh, The Conjuring. That was a big one. That was one of my, uh, most memorable auditions for me ever. I had to have an extreme fit of screaming and crying and freaking out in that audition. Um, and I booked it, but I'll never forget how nervous I was going in, how exhausted I was coming out and how scared I was to find out what they thought of me. But that was a huge high. I wound up getting it. I so excited. Um, I've had several lows. Um, I remember there was one audition one time for a movie, um, where I was like the scene called for like this, it was a chemistry with this guy and I, we were supposed to kiss in the scene and, you know, kissing in an audition room is really nerve wracking for some reason. It's just like, it's just heightened scariness. Cause you're just like, Oh God, like this is weird. Um, but it turns out like, I was going in for the kiss and the guy thought like that we weren't gonna do it and so he like turned away and I was like um oh my god I feel like I just got rejected in real life but it's on camera this is horrible so I guess my takeaway from that was maybe talk to your scene partner before and be like are we doing the kiss because I just went in and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a
1: good lesson learned right there. I'm also not allowed to have someone bring up The Conjuring without saying this out loud. It is still to this day one of my favorite movies of all time. I am so, full blown obsessed with it. So Your scary. scare scene in that movie is still one of my favorite horror movie scenes of all time, too.
0: Thank you. That movie scares me to this day. It it's never left me. I'm you say always- her name. I can't say her name. Okay. I'm so scared. I'm
1: so scared. <laughs> I was just re-watching an interview where I said it out loud. I'm like, I can't believe I said it out loud. And it was during you, Junket for the Nun. And I'm like what, like, what was wrong with me? You brave soul. You are so brave. I know. But now that thought keeps me up at night. All right. You got one more roll in the tower. Okay. Ending this with a number four. Number four is Binge Watch. What is the most recent TV show that you have binge
0: watched? That's great. I am in the middle of finishing my very first go around of binging The Sopranos. So uh, I am almost finished. I'm on season part two of season six. So we're getting real close to the end. Um, And I'm really sad that it's going to be over. I've I've hung out with these characters for a long time now that I've been binge watching it. Um, And I might have to start all over again when I'm done.
1: Then you got Many Saints in Newark to move on to, so it hey, doesn't exactly. end with a TV show. It's very true, yes. <laughs> All right, let's get into the meat of it now. So early days, I know you were very, very young when you first started acting. So back then, was it a situation of, you know, your parents encouraged you to give acting a go as an activity for fun, or even when you were so, so young, you felt a draw to that craft and that profession?
0: So when I started when I was four years old and how it started was my sisters who are older than me, um, we would go, they would go to this like little theater nearby us and do like plays and like like improv classes there and I was four and I was like I want to go but I wasn't allowed to go like you had to be at least like six to get into the class but we were friendly with the family who like ran the theater and it was probably like 45 seats maybe it was very small and they were like "Ah, drop her off after school with the girls she can at least hang out here and I just wanted to hang out with my sisters I just wanted to be doing what they were doing and they let me be in some of the plays and I just absolutely loved it so much so I gave it a go my mom was like yeah okay we can give it a go but it didn't become like a thing that I like knew I wanted to do forever until I like did Ramona and And I was like, Oh, this is my favorite thing to do ever. And that feeling has never left me since.
1: So Ramona and Beezus might be the answer to this next question, but, you know, I always find it's one thing to say, you know, I want to be an actor and make it my career, but it's another when, when something clicks on a different level and, you know, you're more drawn to it for having fulfilling creative experiences. So was Ramona and Beezus the one where, you know, you were giving a performance and something just felt so right creatively that you needed to have that feeling again?
0: Absolutely. I did. I mean, before Ramona and Beezus, I did a lot of like TV guest spots, some movies as well. And I just, I did over like a hundred commercials. Um, and that was all so much fun. I had a blast, but there was a certain feeling, um, on Ramona and Beezus where it was just like, I, I it's so hard to describe because I was nine years old and I couldn't compute exactly what I was feeling, but I just knew, I just knew that I was lucky that I had found what I wanted to do forever. <laughs> I can
1: very much relate, but on this side of the business, uh, (laughs) sticking with the early days now, you worked with a whole bunch of very incredible people early, early on. So was there anyone in particular where, you know, they made such a big impression on you that when you walked away from that set, you said, you know, that right there, that is what I want to be like when I'm a leader on set or I'm headlining my own films.
0: This is a really, really good question. And there is an answer. I have so many different answers, but one person in particular that comes to mind is actually my friend, Roland Emmerich. I um, did my first movie with him when I was 13. I did White House Down. Then I did a movie called Stonewall with him. And then I did Independence Day Resurgence. So I did three films with Roland. I've been friends with him for almost 10 years now. And I remember working with him when I was 13. And I was just amazed by him, uh, how everyone on set loved him, how he spoke so candidly with everyone while still remaining so kind, like he wouldn't lie to you or beat around the bush and like say things that weren't true. He would just be super frank with you. But in this way where you're like, oh, my God, we're like you treat me like a family member. This is wonderful. And I just I just love him. And I, I think I always will. He's he's a great man.
1: I love hearing that you're talking to a diehard Independence Day fan. I'm counting down <laughs> to
0: Moonfall.
1: One of my most anticipated movie. I of know. I'm so excited. The moon is going to hit the earth. Ah, it's crap. crap. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, I I can already sense that you had a whole lot of wonderful experiences on set as a child actor. But do you remember the very first project that kind of made you feel like an adult, where you noticed that your
0: creative input was being heard in a different way? man. <sighs> That's a honestly, I think that even though I was still a young lady, I was 17 uh, on the first kissing booth is kind of when I felt like I was my opinion on this character and on the trajectory of the story was being taken into consideration. And that's because of our wonderful producer and director and Netflix, um, Vince and Michelle and, and everyone at Netflix really wanted me to feel so part of it and so when i was offered the position of executive producer on the last two films that was when i was like okay this is freaking awesome um and then but coming from the first kissing booth i almost went right into filming the act um which was also like in a different way, very different genres, um, in a completely different way, a little bit of an awakening for me as an actor as well. Um, and what better person to lead me in this new awakening than Patricia Arquette, um, who just is the coolest of all time. So those two in extremely different ways, I feel like awakened different parts of me um, that ultimately made me a better actor and a, and a better person, I think.
1: I love that. So follow-ups to both of those things you just brought up. First, the act. Can you explain what the reality of being nominated for an Emmy <laughs> really, really is? It's like, not that you hadn't done dramatic things before that, but does being recognized in that way for that kind of project open the door to opportunities that maybe
0: weren't within reach before? So I actually, I don't care what anyone says, if they're like, oh, I don't care about awards. It's, not, it's It is insane when you get nominated for something like that. It just, it just blew my mind that that was even a possibility that I could be recognized. I never thought I would win and I, and I never thought I'd be nominated, but then I was there and I was nominated and I was so excited. Um, I think that it just doing the act, whether there was a nomination or not, um, I feel like I was very fortunate to have a lot of eyeballs see that and a lot of wonderful people reached out to me because of that. And I got a lot of new opportunities that I am so excited about. And a lot of those opportunities are going to be hitting the screens all over this year. Um, but it really just like, it was incredible. The, just the trajectory that, of like the things that happened after the act, I it just blew my mind. Cause I had already had this like big blow up of stuff with, the kissing booth and people were so excited about it. And I was so excited about it. And then the act came out and I feel like a lot of people were like, Oh, okay. That's great. Cause like, she isn't just playing this, you know, high school girl that we all love. She's now like showing that she actually can do a range of different performances. And so that was, I mean, just being able to be in that show, just
1: such a privilege. (laughs) So with that in mind, after doing something like that, why was it important to you to play another high school girl in you know, a romantic situation in this particular movie? Why is doing both things really important to you?
0: I mean, my career, the way I look at it, it's not this like I plan 12 steps ahead thing and I have like a five-year plan or anything. My, my motto for myself and I, what will continue to be my motto for life is like if something makes me feel like I want to do it, right then and there, then I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter to me if it makes sense or doesn't make sense in like the trajectory of my career. Um, I think that I'm so fortunate to be able to be picky and have a say in what I want to do. Um, and so I just keep want to keep going like this. I just want to keep playing different kinds of roles. I mean, this year I've got the in-between, which is so you know, like sad and beautiful and romantic and YA. And then the rest of the stuff I have coming out this year are, are very different from that. And I just want to keep people on their toes. And especially myself, I want to keep myself on my toes.
1: You've got a lot
0: of stuff coming up. That is very, very
1: exciting. we going to tap into a little of it, but sticking with the in-between. So You already mentioned that you were working in a producerial capacity on The Kissing Booth, but I think the the in-between marks your very first full producing credit. So, you know, producers do many things. So what does that credit mean to you? And then what did you learn being a producer on this
0: particular project that you're going to take on to the other films you produce? It's just such an interesting thing. I feel like producing is this void of information that will never stop. And so for me, I I feel like I learned so much and I have so much to learn and I did so much and I have so much more to do. Um, This this particular experience, I was with this project from the very beginning before the script was even written. So for example, I gave lots of notes on each draft of the script, which was so exciting and eye-opening because... I feel like I learned how to give proper notes and I also was like, wow, like it's really fun to be able to like notice things and be able to say something and have it be taken seriously. Um, and I got to help cast Kyle, who is just the best. I love him. Um, I got to just be involved in a lot of different conversations that normally actors are kind of hidden from, um, which was interesting. I, I, it was so, it was just eye opening, and I really did enjoy every part of it. And I think the best part of that, like, you know, like when you, a lot of actors are a lot of times sheltered from like, t- conversations on set because people just want them to focus on the work and not worry about like, you know, cleaning up the messes behind the scenes, but learning about that stuff and knowing it was happening for me, I think I'm able to compartmentalize. And so I really liked that aspect of it because I knew what was going on, but when it came time to perform, I was able to block out the noise. And I, and I liked learning that about myself because I feel like it would make me more productive in the future to know that I can do that.
1: I have so many follow-up questions. I do love playing six degrees of Kevin Bacon with my guests. And I have Maddie Ziegler on later. I had Taisa Fermiga on yesterday. And Kyle is their connection through American Horror Story and West Side Story. Oh my God. I feel
0: like this is all meant to be. That's amazing. I am, I have a one degree connection to Kevin Bacon. He was in Crazy Stupid Love and I got to work with him and meet him. So, uh, booyah. I'll play that game with my family too much. I love that game. It is so fun it's a little addictive it's so much other people play it because i'm like oh then i ruin it when i come in i'm like i'm one degree <laughs> are you into are you into movie trivia I am not great at movie trivia, but I'm down to give it a go. I only bring that up
1: because I know you worked with Brendan on Camp, which is coming up, and he's a movie trivia pro, so
0: you should talk to him about the trivia show he plays in because he's something else. Oh, Brendan Meyer is the movie trivia champion. I have been invited to watch his movie trivia. I have not actually been able to attend on said invited days, but it is amazing being friends with someone like him. He's so smart.
1: Brendan is part of my faction in that league and there's no way I would have done as well without his coaching. He is something else. That's amazing. What a fun connection. He really blows my mind. He's too good at that game. So you bring up that producing gives you access to certain parts of the filmmaking process that you weren't aware of before. And I know you're going to use those lessons to help you producing going forward, but are there any lessons in that zone that you think are going to help you with acting in order to, I don't know, get more in touch with the environment or your own work in that particular
0: script. I think it does connect in the way where, like I said, I have the ability to give opinions now. And so my whole thing as an actor and now as a producer is I just wanna be there to make everyone's lives easier and give a good performance and do my best. And so if doing my best now entails that I get to have a say in the creative and then be able to act on it while like performing, Um, that's great. And that's amazing. And it also allows me, I've made some mistakes and like, I've had to like, you know, say I'm wrong before, which is no problem. I mean, it's just all about learning and, 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 you know, messing up and, and succeeding and and doing, I mean, it's just like when you start anything, a new venture and anything, I've made some terrible mistakes in acting. I'm going to make some stupid mistakes in producing. Um, but I have already learned so much and I'm so lucky to be friendly with so many wonderful people in this industry that are supportive of me producing and want to give me guidance and advice. Um, But it is really nice to be able to see the cause and effect of like, hey, I have this idea. And then if it's taken into account and I get to utilize it while on set, it all helps me um, in tremendous ways.
1: Avoiding making mistakes sounds really boring and also like you would close the door to any future growth. So make all the mistakes you want. Tons, tons of mistakes. (laughs) So- I love this kind of stuff. And I know the in-between is inspired by a real-life experience that Mark had. And then he did a good deal of research into after-death communication. So did you do any of that research yourself? And I guess, how do you feel about whatever you discovered?
0: I believe in ADCs full-heartedly. Mark's story really resonated with me. And I did some of my own research. But one thing that connected me to the story immediately that I didn't even have to think about saying yes, was that my uh, I'm named after my grandfather who passed away a couple of years before I was born. His name was Joseph, my parents named me Joey. And um, my grandmother, after he passed, cause he passed me, he was really young, he was like 65. Um, and my grandma had a, an ADC with my grandfather. And it's a story that I knew well before the in-between came into my life. And a story that she almost 30 years later tells all the time. Um, And so having that personal connection um, and also just I have so many different like I love all the different beliefs about what happens after we die. And there's no definitive answer, but I really loved this special, sad, beautiful take on it. Um, It just all seemed like something I just had to jump on and, and do.
1: I like all that stuff as well. My grandfather was also a Joseph, and we explored that kind of stuff after he passed. And now we have someone who's named that. We have uh, my nephew, Jude. Oh, Jude. Not a Joey, but a Jude.
0: Jude is such a sweet name.
1: I love that name. He's going to hate the song, Hey Jude, for like a good chunk of his life, but then he's going to appreciate it. I'm convinced (laughs) of that. All right. right. So touching on a couple of upcoming projects here, because I absolutely have to, because some really exciting stuff. So Bullet Train. Please just tell me everything about what it's like (laughs) working with David Leach. Cause like, I know you've done your fair share of stunts over the years, but I just have to imagine that doing stunt work with a Helmer, like him has to feel completely different.
0: David Leach, man. What a guy. I love that man. He is so smart. So kind-hearted, so gentle, and so creatively smart. I just, I can't say enough good things about him. Working with him blew my mind. I learned so much from being on that set. I felt so, like, I've been doing this for a long time, but when I was with such heavy hitters in that movie and David Leach directing this movie, I showed up to set being like, hey, uh, I felt like the kid on the first date at school. I, like, I was like, I don't know anything about uh, acting, apparently, so I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Um, but he just made me feel so comfortable. And so did Brad. Everyone was like, no, it's not your first day at school. Like you're going to do great. And I was like, well, thanks guys. Um, And just the whole experience, like you said, I mean, he's the king of, of stunt work and action. um, And I cannot wait to see this movie because from the stuff we filmed and from the stuff I saw, it is just so cool. It is so ridiculously cool.
1: Oh, I'd believe it. Pair, pair him with a group like that cast and I mean, you don't need to give me a trailer. I'm sold right out the gate. I want a trailer, for God's sake. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not going to say no to a trailer. I want it, but I'm already buying a ticket. Um, how about Uglies? Because I've been following that one for a little while, and it feels like they've been trying to turn that into a movie for quite a few years now. So what do you think it is about that script and Mick G's approach to the material that makes this the right attempt that, you know, we're going to be really happy with when we finally get to see it on the big screen?
0: So I've been trying to get this movie made for years too. I am obsessed. I was trying to obtain the book rights for so long. And then uh, they were just, they were just always not available. So then I got them. I got them. And then I said, hey, Netflix, do you want to make this with me? And they were like, yeah. (laughs) And it took a very long time to get that off the ground. And I'm really lucky because this is again, this was like a different kind of venture into producing as well because the in between story was brought to me this time i was bringing this story to uh someone else to to netflix and um i was really lucky that they were on board with it and that we got not only scott westerfeld's stamp of approval but like his enthusiasm he is so excited and i'm such a fan of his and mcgee is so smart and just was the perfect person i think to make this this film it, uh, we finished filming in december and mcg was so generous and showed a lot of the footage to me in the cast while we were still shooting um and god it looks cool already it, it's it was zero effects zero coloring zero like special effects edited in and it still was just like It made my heart skip a beat because I'm such a big fan of this book series and have been since I was 11 years old. And I've wanted to play Tally Youngblood for that long. And now I made it happen with such a great group of people and it's looking fantastic. And so, you know, I just, it is one of those moments where you're like, and I've had a lot of these moments where I'm like, just pinch me. But this one was just like, this was a dream for so long and it happened. And I and I don't care if the movie does amazingly or not amazingly, I'll never, ever forget how special it was for me to make that.
1: What a cool thing. Like I was already excited about it before, but knowing you were so instrumental to making it happen oh. makes me even more hyped for this movie now. I'm
0: so hyped. It was like, because, you know, Netflix was so generous after the Kissing booth, They're like, we want to make something with you. What do you, like, is there anything on your mind? I'm like, yes, it's been on my mind for 12 years. So I, I'm so lucky they said yes. Ugh. Keep pulling those
1: Netflix strings, carve out some spots for you and some of my other favorite, like get a spot in Cobra Kai. I'm casting everybody that I like in Cobra Kai right now. All right,
0: sure, why not?
1: <laughs> um, so clearly we've covered a whole lot of things you've worked on and some stuff coming up. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, I, do you ever take a break? Do you actually, do you even feel the need to take a break? Because I ask that question and then I look at how I live my own life. And when I take a break, I don't want to take a break. I want to yeah. go right back to my work.
0: I get that. So this past year was crazy. I filmed the in-between. I filmed bullet train. I filmed princess, which I am so excited for. Oh my God. That was probably the hardest thing I think I've ever done. Uglies. I, Um, yes. I was very tired at the end of this past year. I was like, geez, I put myself through a lot of physical stuff, a lot of mental stuff. So after Christmas, I was like, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to, I'm going to take these next couple months to chill hang out with my dog, hang out with my family and promote the in-between. And so this is like, this is nice because this is like a good ease back into work for me. I really actually do enjoy press. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I like it and uh cuz i like talking about projects that i'm proud of and i'm really proud of these projects so it's really fun and i like i you know a lot of the people i get to be around today i really love and so this is a really nice form of easing back into work cuz i was like okay i want to take a little break but not like a full break <laughs> you know what i mean
1: very much understand that and as someone on this side of the process i very much appreciate that approach to these interviews <laughs> fills my heart all right so towards the end of ladies night we play another uh, game and I've got a round of would you rather for you. Oh, it's I'm all kidding. film, it's all filmmaking, would you rather? Some of them are kind of silly. I'm going with my favorite question first. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit
0: in a scene? I would rather. Oh shit. I think I'd rather fake vomit. I think a fake sneeze. It's just a little hard to sell sometimes like a vomit. I'm, I used to get really sick as a kid, like stomach flus often. So I'm a pro in that upchuck noise. Like that noise is just so disgustingly nice out of me. Um, a sneeze is a little bit more like, okay, how do I sell this? How do I make it feel real? You know what I mean?
1: I very much understand that. that's why I think that's the right answer to that question. You know, like, like that comes natural, you know? (laughs) So so quick to do that. Uh, Would you rather have to run a lot in a scene or eat
0: a lot in a scene? Oh boy. Okay. From experience, I'd rather run a lot. I've done both. And running is my least favorite activity in the world. Eating is my favorite. But when you are eating in a scene no telling how many shots and setups and how long that scene's gonna take. I have gotten so sick before, and this will go right back to the vomiting because I have gotten so sick that I have vomited on set. First kissing booth, I vomited after an eating scene because I actually, the next scene I had to do was a running scene right afterwards. So um, it's just tying it in with a neat little bow right there. Whatever that food
1: was, do you eat it anymore or has there been a hard cut off
0: there? So it was the scene where me and Joel Lee are doing like sit-ups and we're eating a burger together. We're sharing this burger. And then the next scene I had to do was um, shooting me running on the soccer field. And I, at that point had probably a like, eaten like four burgers myself in quantity. And I threw up everywhere. It was hilarious.
1: Oh, uh, there's a, uh, there's a bunch of like 5k races where it's, you drink a, I think it's a five mile actually, actually where you drink a beer every mile. And I really want to do it just to try it, but I'm afraid of throwing up. So I think I can't.
0: Throwing up's my like worst fear ever. <laughs> and it's a shame how much I've had to do it as a, as a child. Like I was so sick all the time. I don't know what happened, but I'm better now, but man, <laughs> that sounds so fun. But puking is like number one on my don't ever want to do again list. <laughs> 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 yes. I'm, I'm right. There. with
1: you a little bit of a phobia there all right a different kind of scare now would you rather play the killer in a slasher movie or get a really gnarly death scene
0: well that's a great question i feel like i've done some death scenes but not full death like scared scenes i'd like to be the killer for once well actually hang on i kind of was a killer one time but it wasn't like a slasher. I'm going to go with the killer and a slasher, I think. Okay. Yeah. Now, like going through all your
1: horror credits. You haven't died in any of
0: them. I, I, you know what I, well, I did die in one. I died in Wish Upon. Oh, um, um, okay. But I'm, I didn't die in any of the others. I did get turned into a zombie in quarantine. And then I did, I did bite someone's neck. That's that still kind of counts. That was Un- really fun. I undead did die. <laughs> I was like, I died, but
1: then I was the undead. <laughs> I love that movie so, so much. Me too. Would you rather do motion capture or wear a ton of prosthetics? Motion capture.
0: I'm claustrophobic. <laughs> like- I, I I have done some prosthetic work and... I actually am a new claustrophobic. Like I'm, I'm new to this uh, ring of folks. I developed claustrophobia at around 18 years old. I was never claustrophobic before that. Um, and I had always said before I developed this and I've wanted to do a movie where they had to do one of those crazy headcasts on me. Now... I think I would simply pass away from a panic attack. I don't think I'd make it. So
1: motion capture for sure. Okay, smart choice. All right, I'll end with one more silly one here that I quite enjoy. Would you rather have to fake wake up in a scene or fake drive in a
0: scene? Oh my God, that's such a good one. Both are so hard to sell. I'm gonna say fake wake up because a lot of the time when you're lying there in bed while they're like setting up the lights for those scenes, you like start to doze off a little and it's kind of nice. Fake driving is, can be tough. I mean, they're both tough, but fake wake up, I think.
1: Okay, I think that's some fair reasoning there. All right, I can go on and on, but I gotta let you go again. Big, big Um, congratulations on the in-between. I'm excited for everything else coming up, but huge congratulations on everything you've accomplished. So
0: much light in my life from your filmography. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Perry. You're the best. This was so fun. It was so nice talking to you. This was great.